Blog Talk Radio. The words we speak translate into feelings that express belief systems at the conscious and subconscious level. And what we speak is what we attract towards us. We really aren't using our minds for the most positive um, results in our lives. Do you have a question or a comment that you'd like to make? Well, it's out of time with what the lady was just saying, uh, as far as the way the children are raised and the environment they live in. Mm-hmm. That I'm in a recovery program now, and it teaches us that we have a philosophy here that, that we are all moral potential and we are not victims of circumstance. And I believe that everybody has the will to change. You can't blame your, you know, the way you were raised for things you do in life. You have to get, you know, you have to be able to decide right from wrong at one point in time. You are listening to In the Spirit on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Shirley, also known as Topway. Topway means to appreciate God and to glorify God. Let's glorify God today on this episode of In the Spirit. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. I am your host, Shirley, also known to some as Topway. Topway means to appreciate God and to glorify God. And that's what I intend to do with the rest of my life, to glorify God, because I certainly appreciate all that God has done in my life up to this point. And that's what I'm hoping that this broadcast does, glorify God in everything that we present, and the guests that appear on the show, and even you when you call into the show to share your comments and thoughts about the discussion of the day. Today's discussion is going to be about the development of faith. What exactly is faith, and what do we need to do to develop our faith? We're all familiar with the scripture in Hebrews uh, verse 11 where it talks about faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Well, I'd like to take a moment and give a different perspective on developing our faith. And I'm going to read from a book called The Twelve Powers by Charles and Cora Fillmore. In chapter 2 of this book, it talks about the development of faith. Now, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, even though it's a short chapter. I'm just going to skim through it and take out the nuggets that we need for the lesson of today. And on page 24, the last chapter reads, In the time of David, the children of Israel were nomads. The consciousness of the indwelling spirit had not been born in their minds and could not in consciousness be formed in their bodies. That the time was ripe for a more constructive state of mind is set forth in these words of Jehovah in Second Samuel chapter 7, verses 5 through 6. And that reads, Shall thou build me a house for me to dwell in? For I have not dwelt in a house since the day that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day, but have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle. After receiving this message, David, the drawing power of love, began gathering material for Solomon's temple. 
Jehovah told David that he could not build the temple because he was a man of war. The temple of God is man's body. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. But if man has not compiled with the law of permanent body building, he is like the nomadic children of Israel. He goes from body to body and from tabernacle to tabernacle. Except Jehovah build a house, they labor in vain. And so the authors go on to explain exactly what that passage means. And here they say that the tent and the tabernacles that the children of Israel built for Jehovah represent the transitory bodies of flesh. The Lord has merely walked in these flimsy temples. They have not afforded an abiding place for the spirit because of their unsubstantial character. And I can relate that to us today. You know, we are, our bodies are, of course, the temple of God, and the Lord merely walks in our flimsy temples only when we go to church, we, we want to be holier than thou when we go to church, but the rest of the week we want to live our lives the way that we want to, or if we get into some dire strait, then we want to call on the Lord. But if God isn't in us, if we're not walking in the Spirit of God all the time, then we're just flimsy um, temples. The Spirit of God doesn't really abide in us. And so they go on to say that the underlying weakness of the body was its lack of faith in the inhabiting soul, a new consciousness of the indwelling spiritual substance and life was necessary, and a man was chosen to bring it forth. This man named Abraham represents obedience of faith in many uh, religions. Abraham is known as as the father of faith. Uh, his original name was Abram, which means exalted father. The name is identified with the highest cosmic principle, the all-pervading, self-existent spiritual substance, which is a primary source of the universe. Abraham was tested again and again to the end that he might be strong in faith. His great te test of faith was his willingness to sacrifice his beloved son Isaac on the mountain of the Lord. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, In the mount of Jehovah it shall be provided. This incident is intended to show the necessity of man's giving up that which he considers his dearest possession before he can realize the divine providence. The incident takes place on the Mount of the Lord, that is, a high spiritual understanding. And on that note, I'd like to add, one of the reasons for our lack of faith is because we don't want to give up what we hold dear. And those things that we hold dear are those preconceived notions, our beliefs that we've held on to for years and years, and even some new beliefs that we develop as a result of things that we incorporate into our mind, into our spirit center. We need to change the script. The more spiritually focused we become, the less worldly focused we become. And it is about becoming more spiritually focused. That's what this faith walk is all about. That's what renewing the mind is all about, becoming more spiritually focused. One of the things that we need to do to change our script, for instance, if, if you're out looking for a job, 
You've got laid off from your job because of everything that's going on in the economy right now. So all you hear is negativity. All you hear is about how bad the economy is. There are no jobs out there. Everybody you talk to is saying the same thing. Oh, girl, you don't got laid off. Oh, you ain't going to never find another job. It's so hard out there. All these companies, nobody's hiring right now. So you need to change that script. First of all, go into that secret place inside of you and connect with the Spirit of God that's inside of you to draw your strength and to draw your power from. And then you have to believe that the greater one who lives inside of you has a greater good for your life. If you find yourself in a position where you need to have another job, then you have to trust the Spirit of God to guide you to the good and perfect job for you in spite of what people around you are saying. So your prayer on a daily basis all day long should be, I thank you, Spirit of God, for guiding me to the good and perfect job for me. There is an employer out there who is looking for someone with the skills that I have to bring to that company. So I'm trusting you, Spirit of God, to lead and guide me to that perfect employer, that perfect job for me. And you don't stop there because faith without works is what? Dead. So you have to do the work. You still have to get out there and put in your resumes, do them online or whatever method you choose, but you still have daily work to do until you find that good and perfect job for you. So you have to be out there knocking, seeking, and you shall receive because the doors will be opened unto you. And then secondly, the battle comes when you may begin to get a little depressed because things aren't happening as quickly as you like. I got all these bills coming in and I still don't have a job. No, when you find yourself at that point, again, change the script. That's when you go inside. That's when you start developing your uh, spiritual relationship. That's when you go to the indwelling spirit and build up your faith. We have work to do. The Bible tells us we have to build up our own faith. Build up your faith means read, listen to, talk to people who are in line with where you're trying to grow. Not just go, but you want to grow in this thing. That you and God are one. You co-create with God the world that you want. You don't see yourself as unemployed. You see yourself as being employed. See yourself going into work every day. See yourself enjoying going to work every day. It's important. You don't just want to have a job to go to just to get a paycheck. You want to be doing something that you're passionate about. So, again, you ask the Spirit of God. This is what I, I love doing Father, where is the job that can offer me the opportunities to express myself and the gifts that you have put inside of me? So even during those times where you're feeling depressed, where you're not feeling like, change the script immediately and just believe and trust that all things are going to work together for your good. And they always do. But again, we can't just do this through osmosis. We can't just sit around and wait for God 
to bring somebody knocking at our door. Okay, here, here's a job that you've been looking for. You have to do the work. You have to encourage yourself a lot of times. And there's many ways that you need to do that, but you have to take the initiative and do the work. Again, we have to build our own selves up on our most holy faith. We can't rely on a pastor to do all the work for us on Sunday when we go to church and on Wednesday if we go to Bible study. This is something that you have to do 24 hours a day, all day long. Instead of watching television for two and three hours a day, get into the Word, listen to some spiritually focused lecture. It's a lot of good programs on the Internet that you can listen to. It's a lot of good books that you can read. You can get audio books. Go to the library. Go sit in Barnes & Noble. Go find those faith spiritual building books and um, recordings that you need to build yourself up on your most holy faith. And once you take those steps, you're building up the temple of God inside of you. Jude 20, it says, But ye, beloved, building yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So that alone taught me that I have to work on building myself up to that higher level of consciousness and not just rely on what I um, get um, once a week or maybe twice a week when I go to church. I have a responsibility. It is my responsibility to work on building up my relationship with the Spirit of God that's inside of me. God is not out there in an ozone somewhere. He's not some little man in the sky. The kingdom of God is inside of me. The kingdom of God is inside of you. And once we really come to that belief where we understand that 100%, we will become a dynamic spiritual being. And that's what this whole thing is about, becoming. We are becoming more like God. We are becoming more God-centered. We are becoming more God-focused. And the more we become like God, the more God comes out of us and our light shines in the world that's so filled with darkness. So, getting back to chapter 2, it, um, and I read this already, but I just wanted to reiterate that. The incident with Abraham and Isaac is intended to show the necessity of man's giving up that which he considers his dearest possession before he can realize the divine providence. So what do you need to give up? What do you need to give up that you've been holding on to so dearly so that you can realize what God has for you? So the law of giving and receiving pertains to the realm of ideas. One must give up personal attachments before he can receive the universal. If a parent idolizes a child, loves it so dearly that its pleasure is first in the parent's consciousness, the spiritual development of the parent is impeded. How many parents do you know that just don't? Everything, everything is about that child. And they're building up that child, yet they're spiritually dead. So then, uh, before the love of God, which is the supreme thing, can fill the heart, there must be a sacrifice of human love. If, like Abraham, one is faithful and obedient and willing to give to the Lord his most precious possession, there is always a receiving or providing equivalent. 
and giving up those uh, possessions that we hold dearly could be anything. It could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be sex, it could be tobacco, it could be our children. Anything that we put before God is what we consider more important than our relationship with God, in other words. When Abraham was willing to sacrifice his beloved Isaac, the Lord stayed his hand. His attention was directed to a ram in the thicket nearby, and he was directed to sacrifice the animal upon the altar in place of the child. Here is is illustrated an often misunderstood law of sacrifice or reunification. We do not have to give up our cherished thing if they are real, but the error that prevents their full expression must be destroyed. The ram, which represented the resistance and opposition of personality to the complete expression of truth, must be sacrificed. Give and it shall be given unto you is a statement of a law that operates in every thought and act of man. This law is the foundation of all barter and financial exchange. Men scheme to get something for nothing, but the law, in one of its many forms, overtakes them in the end. Even metaphysicians, who above all people should understand the law, often act as if they expect God to provide abundantly for them before they have earned abundance. It is an error to think that God gives anybody anything that has not been earned. The Holy Spirit comes upon those who pray in the upper room. The upper room corresponds to the Mount of Jehovah. It is the high place in consciousness where man realizes the presence of divine mind. The greatest work that one can do is to strive to know God and keep his law. God pays liberally for this service, and the reward is sure. Faith is built up in consciousness under this law. Faith is assurance of things hoped for. When there has been an aspiration and a reaching out for the spiritual life, the faith faculty becomes active in consciousness. The prayer of supplication is impotent. The prayer of affirmation is immediately effective. Intellectual faith admits doubt and hope in the fulfillment of the future. Spiritual faith includes unfailing assurance and immediate response. These two attitudes of faith are often observed acting and reacting upon each other. Peter started walking on the water in spiritual faith, but when he saw the effects of the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. Then the I am, Jesus, gave its hand of spiritual power and the wind ceased and there was no longer any doubt of faith's ability to rise above the negative consciousness. Faith in the reality of the invisible builds a real abiding substance in mind and in body. All kinds of ideas grow quickly when planted in this rich substance of the mind. Jesus also called this substance of faith the earth and he said to Peter, Whatsoever thou shalt bind, affirm, on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose, deny, on earth shall be loosed in heaven. In all his teachings, Jesus emphasized that the ruling forces of both heaven and earth are in man. The kingdom of God is within you. All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. 
It is not written in your law, I said, ye are gods. When we understand the omnipresence of spirit, God, we quickly see how simple and true this beautiful doctrine of Jesus is. There is but one real faith. The avenue of expression determines the character and power of faith. Trust is a cheaper brand of faith, but trust is better than mistrust. As a rule, people who merely trust in the Lord do not understand all the law. If they had understanding, they would affirm the presence and power of God until the very substance of spirit would appear in consciousness. And this is faith established on a rock. Faith words should be expressed both silently and audibly. The power of the spoken word is but slightly understood because the law of the word is not rightly observed. The word is the creative idea in divine mind which may be expressed by man when he has fulfilled the law of expression. All words are formative but not all words are creative. The creative word laid hold of spiritual substance and power. Physical science hints at this inner substance and energy in its description of the almost inconceivable power inherent in the universal ether. We are told that the manifest forces such as heat, light, and electricity are but faint manifestations of an omnipresent element which is thousands of times greater than those weak expressions. If the spoken word can be mechanically intensified a hundred million times, how much greater will be its power when energized by spirit? When Jesus said with a loud voice to Lazarus, Come forth, he must have made contact with the creative word referred to in the first chapter of John because the results showed its life-giving character. Jesus said, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove henceforth to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. He knew about the great spiritual machinery that the word of faith sets into action. He illustrated how man spiritually developed could by faith control the element, quell storms, walk on water, retard or increase the growth of life and substance in grains, trees, animals, and men. It is necessary that one who touches the button of faith shall understand all the intricate machinery with which he makes contact. Merely affirming the activity of the spiritual power will quicken it in consciousness. Jesus said, I speak not for myself, but the Father, which is faith, abiding in me, does the work. The transformers of electricity are paralleled by the transforming power of the mind. That if a man sanely believes he can do a thing, he will eventually find a way to do it is an accepted axiom of psychology. The mind generates an energy that contacts the universal energy and causes circumstances and events to fall in line for the attainment of the latent idea. John came crying in the wilderness of mortal thought, repent ye, that is, change your mind. Paul discerned a like, a like necessity, hence his call, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When people see the possibilities that follow a right change of mind, 
when it is clearly understood that doubt, fear, poverty, disease, and death, every thought, good or bad, that men have expressed have existed through mind. We shall see a shifting of consciousness and a radical change in thought and word by everybody of sane mind. Then we shall ask for the true source and find it. As did Paul who said, Have this mind in you which was also in Christ Jesus. It was not Jesus but the mind in Jesus that did the great works. He was the center of faith that transformed the mighty creative force of being which are active in the universe through the mind and brain of man into a form of force usable in his environment. Tap this inner reservoir of faith and you can do what Jesus did. That was his promise. Its fulfillment is the test of a true follower. Man does not exercise the power of his spiritual nature because he lacks understanding of its character and of his relation to the originating mind in which he exists. From divine mind, man inherits power over all forces of his mind and truth, power over all ideas. There's a few minutes left to the segment, so I'm going to wind it down a little bit now. But in 2 Corinthians, I believe it's 5.17, it tells us, if any man is in Christ, the Christ mind is what we're talking about, the anointing of Christ, the mind of Christ, he is a new creature. You are a new person once you start developing this new mind of Christ. Old things are passed away. Old teachings, old thoughts, old attitudes are gone. And all things are becoming new. That's what this whole faith renewing of the mind thing is about. We have to develop the mind that Christ had, and Christ had Christ was spiritually focused. Christ was connected to the spiritual forces in the universe. And once we connect with those spiritual forces in the, in the universe, we become new beings. We become spiritual beings. We're no longer fleshly beings. We now encapsulate the Spirit of God, the indwelling Spirit of God, is in us creating and making us new people, new thought creatures. So we get rid of all the old stinking teachings that we have inherited. We connect with the indwelling spirit of God. We change our thoughts. We rewrite the script. We no longer think the way that we used to think. We work on building ourselves up on our most holy our most holy faith. We rewrite the script. We study to show ourselves approved. Study not just the Bible, that's our primary source, but other books. Other There's so many books. There's so many old philosophers out there. We ask the Spirit to guide us to the books that we need to read to help us build ourselves up on our most holy faith. And then we rewrite the script. We no longer accept society's dictates. We no longer listen to the eyewitness news accounts. We no longer listen to those people who are not aligned with 
the Spirit of God, who are not connecting to the Spirit of God inside of them. Once we get built up enough over a period of time, because it's not going to happen overnight, it's going to take some time. You put in the effort, you take one step, you put in the effort, and God will do His part. You will be rewarded for the good works. You will become a co-creator with God. And that is the ultimate goal for us to become co-creators with God. Because the Spirit of God is lying dormant inside of us. just waiting for us to connect with it so that He can give us the abundant life, the more than abundant life that we deserve. He wants to manifest Himself through us to the world to show the world the goodness and ultimately convert people to that new way of thinking and believing so that the light of God is shining in the darkness that is in the world. Don't you want to be a part of that? How could you not want to be a part of that? We are told to come out of the kingdom of darkness into his glorious light. And I just trust and believe that some nugget that was delivered here today will get you on your way to becoming the new spiritual being in Christ with the new higher consciousness about what this life is all about. 90 seconds. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want to hear from you. You can email me at alwaysinthespirit at gmail.com and I look forward to bringing you more of the word of God and more of um, the nuggets from the kingdom of God for the next segment of In the Spirit. Remember to always stay. 60 seconds.